0: Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Suresh Shankar, CEO and founder of Cran Data. Suresh, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me on the show, Greg. Delighted to be here.
0: So let's start by just uh, giving yourself a little bit of background for people who haven't come across you. Uh, what can you tell us about yourself and about Crayon? Um,
1: so Crayon's my second startup, Greg. Uh, it's an AI and big data platform that we're building. We have an ambitious vision to simplify the world's choices, and we'll come to that. But um, it's the first startup was an analytics firm called Redfill Analytics that is also headquartered in Singapore, set up way back in two thousand and i managed to get lucky on that one sell it to ibm in 2009 Uh, spent a couple of years at ibm then got out to set up crayon data in 2012. Uh, my background is i'm a consumer marketer by profession but each day i try to make my life more interesting by embracing the uncertain and trying to see where is technology taking this whole area of consumer understanding
0: Excellent, and uh, I think that's a great background. Let's let's go ahead and jump right in. As you mentioned, you know we're we're going to talk about simplicity, the value of simplicity, and, and specifically simplifying choices for consumers. Can you talk a little bit about what the word simplicity means in this context?
1: Well, um, it's it's in the name of the company, Greg. You know, when I when we set up the company, I had this big feeling that whether you're a technology provider or you're a fintech or a bank or whatever, everyone's vested in complexity. And we were looking for a name that even suggested that simplicity. So it's in the name of the company. And then we were talking about what's the really simple thing that everybody can use. And we said a crayon, right? I mean, a (laughs) child can use it, no instruction manuals. And we said, can we make this whole area of personalization and AI as simple as using a crayon is? So that was really the founding vision. But when it came to what we do, it was really a very simple thing, right? We solved one problem. What we tell people, and there's a lot of research that goes into that, that says that more is actually less that if you give people too much of choice, people get confused, there's lots of conflicting information, they spend a lot of time navigating the choice and they just go back to the default. There's a lovely TED talk called the paradox of choice uh, that covers this. And this research that shows on the other hand that if you reduce choice and make it very relevant and bring it down to four or five very personal choices, people are more likely to choose, they're confident, they're happier with the choices. And that's what we really meant when we want to talk about simplicity said in any category in the world can an enterprise actually understand its consumer anticipate that consumers need so well that it can deliver four to five highly relevant personal choices based on multiple factors uh, and, and lots of data about those factors.
0: Excellent. So, you know, and I think this lines up really well with what we see, what I what I know about the fintech industry, certainly, you know, companies who get up on our stage sometimes struggle to express themselves in really simple terms and to distill uh, their their messages down. It's a real challenge. It, it's something that, you know, sounds really easy, but is actually quite complicated to be able to do it. So let, let's talk about that side of it a little bit. What factors do you think prevent companies from being able to execute on this as they should do and kind of creating you know, getting to this really simple point from a customer standpoint?
1: So there's obviously a, a big question. There's a whole lot of factors. But the way I look at it is very simple, right? If you look at any, take any company in the world, what is the most important thing that we have? We have customers. What is the customers' biggest problem today? It is irrelevance and spam. You know, time is their asset, is the asset that they lack. Companies and banks, especially in fintech, tend to focus on share of wallet, I keep saying, why not look at time? Time is the scarce asset for your customer. Your customer's attention span is fragmented. And irrelevance is like the digital mosquito, right? You know, in the digital world, it makes your life unbearable for your customer, right? I love that. And what you really want to do, what you really want to do is to make sure you can capture share of time that you can get the attention. And that now means that you now need to be very relevant. And relevance is like the holy grail for marketers, right? I mean, in fact, relevance is now, Harvard Business Review calls this the new age of relevance. And relevance is not a new word, but really what it means is that we really need to understand the customers so well, profile them, engage them in a way where they are able to say, wow, that's exactly what I needed. You want that feeling of how did you know that? That's That's just what I needed, right? And that brings us to the fact that, you know, Yeah, it's what a lot of internet companies do very well, for example, in music with Spotify or movies with Netflix, right? But we don't do that very well in financial services. For me, that is really the big challenge uh, that people are facing, which is be relevant to your customer, help simplify their lives by providing the appropriate choice.
0: I think that's a really astute way of thinking about it and looking at, you know, the, the amount of time customers spend timing a precious resource. I think especially over the course of the last year, we've seen that we've seen everybody's psyche get a little bit fragmented it's the attention spans yep. in general shrink. I think it's pretty understandable to, to see why that would happen as a result of what we've all been through. But I think looking at it from that standpoint is something that's so out of the ordinary for uh, fintech companies and, and the banks that they work with. Um, so, you know, going, going back to this and coming back to, it, you know, let's, let's keep the, the simple theme going here um, at, a, at its really basic level. You know, what, what do consumers want? What are they looking for out of their financial institution? And, and where is the simplicity to be found there?
1: So, you know, we are all often fond of saying that uh, banking is necessary, banks aren't, right? I think what consumers are looking for from a banking relationship is uh, several things, right? One is you want convenience, you need to make sure that everything is just available. And I think by and large, Greg, there's a problem that's been solved, you know, whether it's, you know, mobile or internet banking or all kinds of different banking, I think the convenience problem is largely solved. The second part of what consumers want is what you call relevance or what, you know, when they say, make this really relevant for me, make it personal for me. Don't tell me hundreds of things that I don't like. Favorite example of irrelevance of mine, Greg, after 20 years and four credit cards, my company, my bank in Singapore still sends me offers to eat at steak restaurants. (laughs) I would have figured after about a couple of few thousand transactions, that they'd have figured out I'm vegetarian by now. Right. (laughs) That's the kind of thing that I think banks don't do very well. Why sell, why send, people off into trying to buy, you know, big insurance policies they're not interested in, right? Products that they're completely uninspired by. And that is what a consumer really wants. Can you, you know, I've given you access to the most intimate part of my life, my financials. I'm giving you access to my time. Use that to become more relevant to me. And that's really what consumers want. We did a study, Greg, uh, hundred banks in 17 countries, and we ranked how relevant they are. We call it the relevance quotient. And guess what? Most banks do very, very poorly on it. That's a topic for another one, uh, another discussion, but less than 25% actually understand what their consumers really want at an individual level.
0: I think that's fascinating, and you know, just to play devil's advocate to your bank's defense, maybe, maybe the you know after twenty years, that first stake is really going to change your life. Maybe, maybe they're looking out for your best interest here. No, I'm I'm looking for that impossible stake. Definitely, (laughs) the impossible
1: stake sounds appealing.
0: Yes, yeah. Um. So, so now, like, let's come back to the other side of this because obviously, what consumers really want is is half of of the equation. And from the enterprise standpoint, though, I think what you're kind of hinting at there, as you were speaking, is that this this Lack of simplicity from a customer standpoint and, and the lack of you know this personalization, really understanding who their customers are, is, is hurting financial institutions and preventing them from doing what it is that they need to do. What would you say enterprises need that they're either struggling to get right now or that they're not getting based on the way things are currently structured?
1: So I think there are a couple of uh, different challenges out there. One is on the data side, and two is I would just call it on the algorithmic uh, side of how they actually make the decisions that they do, right? Uh, I think enterprises struggle with, obviously, the fact that there's a lot of fragmented data sets sitting around. There's data that they have inside the enterprise, but they have no idea. Today, the amount of data outside a traditional enterprise like a bank is far higher than what is there inside, Right. So one, how do I get all the data inside my bank together? Two, how do I link it to the external data sets and do so in a manner which is in, um, in 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 kind of compliance with the highest standards of privacy that everybody's expecting? And that's one big challenge. And that's getting solved. I won't say it's solved completely, but it's getting solved. The bigger challenge is that we look at the data and then we bring in our biases into that by saying, no, no, I don't think this works. You know, I want to actually create and go and create my own analysis and do this. And... I think this is really where AI and um, algorithms work far better because they, yes, I mean, AI systems that can have bias, Greg, but because, you know, obviously it's in the programming. But the point I'm trying to make is that in most cases, the amount of data that's involved, an AI system can go through a lot of this stuff far easier and come back and tell you, you know what, when you have a million customers and you have a million things that you can sell to them, how do I actually find out the right intelligent match to make sure each customer gets what they want? I believe this is a big challenge for enterprises. Uh, again, I'm gonna go back to the digital giants. They've solved the problem. Spotify has 200 million songs, 150 million customers. That's probably about 30 quadrillion choices. <laughs> I mean, a bank can believe that I can, you know, my, my analytics team can solve this problem, right? You can't, you've got to let, you know, AI systems come in and say, hey, I can find the right intelligent match for this. So to me, this is a big challenge in the enterprise part of the uh, equation that people need to realize that algos can do things better than they can.
0: Well, and certainly, I think the proof is out there for everybody to see. You know, whether you're conscious of the technology that's behind it or not, you have an experience that you have with Spotify, with Netflix, you know, with these kind of non-financial brands that are able to deliver this level of personalization in a way that appears really seamless. That appears, again, really simple. You know, you turn on Netflix; it's a very simple question: What do you want to watch next? Here's some suggestions mm-hmm. for you. You know, it, and, and of course, you can dive into it. You can search. You can make it more complex if you want to. But they they do a good job of continue to say hey here's what we think you'll like next it's very easy to just continue to play what they put in front of you Um, and, and so this is the level that i think people are starting to expect they get these experiences in other areas and they want to see them mirrored in financial services so you know, and we're approaching the end of our time here, but I just want to end on this question. If you're a FinTech founder, knowing what you know about how important this is, the simplicity in this, this uh, combined with, with personalization it is, what do you do with that knowledge at this stage of the game? How, how do you translate knowing that into some sort of action that will allow you to be successful in, in this world?
1: So, That's a great question, Greg. And I think for me, it's a very simple answer. Right. On the one hand, we have customers. On the other hand, we have other stakeholders like investors and shareholders. Right. And here is the reason why I think simplicity is the key that links them both together. Um, And there's a a gentleman called Scott Galloway. He runs a fantastic podcast. He's a professor in New York, and he talks about this in the last 10, 12 years. The most important thing for companies to do was to increase convenience and increase choice and selection. Right. Think of what Apple did with the iPhone, and they bought everything in the world, your fingertip or Amazon's endless sales, and all of that stuff. But then he says in the next 10 years, the greatest unlock of shareholder value is going to be companies that reduce choice, meaning make it so relevant and personal that consumers actually feel confident and make those choices and transact with you and keep coming back for more. And as they do that, you build structural relationships that mean the customer is the new kind of loyalty. And that then leads you to get better longer term relationships, which then leads to more shareholder value. So my simple closing thought is simplicity and reduction of choice is great for the consumer that you serve and it's great for your shareholder because that's the way you're going to create more shareholder value.
0: Excellent. And of course, it's a a lot easier said than done to get to that level of complexity or simplicity uh, through the complexity on the back end. Absolutely. Uh, And and I think that's something that is is more of a journey, at least initially, than than a destination. But if you have that in your mind, as you're building and coding and really structuring your offerings, um, it's going to be a benefit to you long term. It's going to help you as you get out there into the market. So, um, well, well, thanks, Suresh. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Some fascinating stuff here. I would encourage all of you to learn more about CRAN data and what they do. Um, and, And Suresh, thanks again for joining me.
1: Thanks a lot for having me on the show, Greg. Lovely talking to you.